From Hyattop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Justin Higginbottom. It's Monday, December 12th. Utah, like much of the West, is facing a prolonged drought. There's a lot of discussion on water conservation in urban areas, but agriculture uses at least four-fifths of the water in the state. And around 68% of that is used for alfalfa and other hay. The Salt Lake Tribune is producing a series on this crop, and I spoke with Tribune reporter Brian Maffley about their coverage. Tell me what you've reported so far, and what is alfalfa used for, and how important is it in Utah agriculture? This is such an important question, because alfalfa is often described as the lifeblood of Utah's rural economy, and, and rural economies all over the West. And there's uh, you know, of the million, 1.1 million acres of irrigated land in Utah, uh, at least three-fourths of that is devoted to alfalfa or some other forage crop that is fed to either livestock or dairy cows. And it's, a, it's very expensive. Right now it's selling for about $300 a ton, which is kind of record high prices. And, and then a lot of it we found out has been exported overseas. Um, we don't know how much by volume, but we know that it's about 29% of the value of Utah's you know, hay crop uh, is exported. Two-thirds of that goes to China. And so as we, last year, the value of that, of Utah's hay crop was $488 million, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. So, yeah, we, we got into this reporting because alfalfa is such a big user of water in our state. One economist we talked to for the story has studied it extensively and calculated that you know 68 percent of Utah's water diversions are to support alfalfa and hay production. We felt that this was important because any discussion about addressing Utah's water crisis and rescuing the Great Salt Lake has to talk about how we can use less water to support our alfalfa growers in the state. There's you know, several thousand, and many of them are family farmers, like the people we profiled in our story. They, you know, they're growing alfalfa to support their own um, ranching operations or selling to dairies in Utah that without this, without this locally grown alfalfa might not be able to stay in business because if they can't buy it from their neighbors, they have to, they have to truck it in from out of state. So alfalfa does play this really important role. It also, um, like we said, it uses a lot of water. Maybe five feet of water is put on a typical alfalfa field each year. You know, and that's a, a, a lot of water. But we found out through our reporting that alfalfa does have a smaller ecological footprint than other crops. And it, in some ways, it benefits the soil by putting nitrogen in, into the soil meaning it can do, that you can rotate with other crops and then you don't have to use as much fertilizer. In some cases, maybe not. You have to use nitrogen fertilizer at all. And alfalfa is a perennial plant. It only needs to be reseeded, you know, every seven or so years. So you're not tilling constantly, which is tough on soil and releases a lot of carbon in the atmosphere. So, so that is interesting that alfalfa does have, you know, some, some real benefits in the state. But to talk more about the costs, is alfalfa contributing or the water being diverted to grow alfalfa, is that contributing to Great Salt Lake, for example, shrinking? Yeah, there's no question. You know, a, a lot of the water that's diverted for, for alfalfa in the Great Basin 
drainage, which is what, you know, sustains the Great Salt Lake. You know, we do know that a lot of that is going on to alfalfa fields. And, you know, and, and a lot of that water winds up, that is used, winds up back in a stream that's the, the, where it doesn't evaporate and then can be used by the next farmer down, you know, downstream, right? And then maybe some of it will eventually reach the Great Salt Lake. But we, we do know from a study that Utah State put out several years ago that, you know, they calculated, you know, the number of feet of lost lake level in the Great Salt Lake as of when the study came out in 2011 or 12 or whatever. 11 feet of that lake level reduction can be attributed to upstream diversions. You know, this would be the Bear, Weaver, Provo Rivers. Um, and, you know, a lot of that was to support... Um, agriculture upstream, and then, and then of course, some of it was also going to the cities. Um, but but the lion's share goes to agriculture. So yeah, we do know that we can we can attribute some of the depletion of the Great Salt Lake to alfalfa production. There's no there's no question. Like but like how much, you know, that's a very dip, that would be a very difficult question to answer. I, I just read an editorial by the Salt Lake Tribune their editorial board proposing one solution to uh, this issue of spending so much of Utah's water growing this crop, and that's to buy water rights from these farmers. Can you explain that to me? Well, the idea there would be for the farmers to adopt water efficiency measures so they can get by with less water, and then what they don't need anymore will then be purchased by the state, and then that water would be allowed to run into the Great Salt Lake. However, that's not the way Utah water law has worked for the last, you know, 150 whatever years. Um, if you don't use a few water, uh, you lose the right to that water. So, that, so, so these farmers have this huge disincentive to not use their water, because if they don't use it, then they don't get to use it anymore. So we, the, the law has to be changed to allow water that's not being used, you know, beneficial use, quote-unquote, for that to be acquired by the, by the state and, be, and then be used for a different beneficial use, which is, you know, running into the Great Salt Lake, which in old, you know, until recently was thought of as, as wasted water. We don't think of water reaching the Great Salt Lake as a waste anymore because the lake is in such dire shape. And if this crisis continues... Not only will there be an ecological collapse with you know, the collapse of brine shrimp and brine flies, which would eliminate the lake as a important migratory bird habitat, but it would also you know spell huge difficulty to the to the mineral extraction industries on the lake and create this you know this huge dust source with this this you know million acres of of uh, dry lake bed that could potentially get caught up in, in wind events and spread dust all over the Wasatch Front. And so we now see that, oh, having lake water in the lake actually is, is a benefit to everybody. Um, but still, it's like we don't have the legal mechanism in place to allow farmers to relinquish the water rights in, in a way that would... Uh, you know, compensate them. What do you have down the pipeline? What what other aspects of alfalfa will your newspaper be exploring in the future? Well, for starters, we'll be doing a, a story on Utah's water optimization program, where they're providing 
matching grants to alfalfa or to growers in general and canal companies to invest in water efficiency measures in the hopes of using less water on for agricultural production. And we will be visiting some of the, the farmers and, and canal companies in northern Utah to pursue that story. We will also be visiting with livestock growers and dairy operations to look at how they use uh, alfalfa and hay that's grown here in Utah. You know, we've we've learned that without access to those products, they wouldn't be able to do business. And so we do. We, we want to be able to talk about how important alfalfa is to Utah's rural economy, because part of this is if we just eliminate alfalfa growing, there's there's going to be a huge downside to that. It means you know gutting a lot of these communities um, culturally and economically and socially. And I don't think that's what what we really want right now, but we do want them to be able to get by with less water. That was Brian Maffley, reporter at the Salt Lake Tribune. You can find their ongoing alfalfa coverage at sltrib.com. The Moab City Council will meet on Tuesday. Maggie McGuire of the Moab Sun News has a preview of their agenda. Coming up on the Moab City Council agenda this week, the council will have a public hearing on the 2022-2023 draft budget potentially vote on issuing bonds to fund water and sewer improvements, and possibly approve the purchase of a property in town to serve as transitional housing for Moab City employees. This agenda preview is produced with our partners at the Moab Sun News. Moab City Council meetings are held on the second and fourth Tuesdays of every month at 6 p.m. and streamed live on the Moab City's YouTube page. And that's the KZMU News for Monday, December 12th. Get your community power journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.